team we are trying to improve both the audio and video quality i have mentioned to some of you that our live stream service has almost quadrupled we're averaging over a thousand people who watch us on a sunday or at least a thousand views i know that they don't all stay with us the whole time but that's a wonderful news and it's one of the good things that god has done um so i'm practically a tv evangelist <laughs> so it's a good thing i'm young and handsome would y'all say amen to that all right well we got one but we have i said that to to let you know we have we are working to improve our live stream service we have had to order some new cameras some new equipment and um and when that comes in hopefully that will help us a great deal in improving our social media presence so keep that in mind be praying for that psalm 92 our message today is the purpose of old age Psalm 92 verse 12 starts out the righteous flourish like the palm tree they grow like a cedar in Lebanon from McClintock's Bible Encyclopedia I read this the palm tree is a prince unbroken by branches it grows high in the air and unfolds a canopy of enormous fan-shaped leaves suspended with great clusters of fruit no tree looks more lordly or more bountiful it can grow to 150 feet and a single leaf can give shelter to up to 20 people it's hard for us to imagine a palm tree in israel like that but he's he compares god's people here to the palm tree and he says and and they are they grow like a cedar in lebanon a cedar tree stately and fragrant they were used for the foundations of the temple so like a palm tree like a cedar tree let's go to the next verse verse 13 they are planted in the house of the lord amen they flourish in the courts of god and then the next verse verse 14 they still bear fruit in old age ever full of sap and green that is they're they're virile they're still useful 
And then verse 15, to declare that the Lord is upright, that he is my rock, and they, there is no unrighteousness in him. This gives us the picture of old age. They bear fruit in old age, verse 14. They are still going, still doing good, still in church. To what purpose? You don't get that till you get to verse 15. What is the end goal? What's the end game for their being planted in the house of the Lord, for their being stately like a cedar and fruitful like a palm tree? What's the goal? What's the design of it all? And verse 15 gives us the purpose of old age to declare the Lord is upright that there's no unrighteousness in him two they have grown they've stayed in church they have produced fruit they're continuing to do good why to declare The Lord is my rock. There's no unrighteousness in Him. The purpose of old age is a testimony that God is good and has proven so over time. That though the changes of life have come and gone, the trials and stages, the one thing that I have learned is that God is worthy of my worship and my praises. With all the changes, He is my rock. And there's no unrighteousness in him. Not one time did he ever do me wrong. Not once. The closest people, you know, who do you love? I mean, the closest people, the most intimate, death may suddenly take them. Our beloved children, They grow up and marry and move away or at least leave the house, we hope. (laughs) But what is the one constant? God is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in Him. I have lived long enough, the psalmist would say, to find this out. And to declare it, my God is a rock and he's my rock. You see, you need old age for this. The only way to get this kind of perspective is by arriving at old age. The passing of years teaches 
incredible lessons. Genesis 41, you know the story of Joseph in the Old Testament and how that he was the uh, young son, favorite son of his father, Jacob, and his brothers were jealous and they, were, they put him in a pit and uh, then saw they could get money for him and so they sold him into Midianite slavery and they took, Midianites took him down to Egypt. And there he was accused falsely of a crime and put into prison and there he languished for years only to suddenly be able to interpret dreams and come to the favor and attention of the Pharaoh of Egypt who elevated him to the right hand, full authority over all of Egypt and in charge of all the food in a famine. Joseph met and married a beautiful young princess there and they had two children. Listen to Genesis 41, 51. Now this is about 20 some years later and he's got some perspective. He looks back and he names his sons. The firstborn was Manasseh, which means forget. Because he said, God has made me forget all my hardship. Then they had another son. The name of the second he called Ephraim because he said, which Ephraim means fruitful. And he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. See, that's perspective. Wait, you mean being accused of something you didn't do, being rejected, sold into slavery, being abused by the master, being accused by the lady of the house, being in, in the suffering the indignities of imprisonment in backward Egypt. And yet, his perspective was, you know what? God has so blessed me now. He so brought me forward. He so helped me and healed me that I can't even hardly remember that stuff. You can be healed of your worst sorrow by the blessing of God. So he names his first son Manasseh, which means forget. I forgot everything. I'm just enjoying the blessings. They had another son, and he said, you know, God's made me so fruitful and so prosperous here in the land of my affliction that he named his son Ephraim, fruitful. This is what perspective can bring you. And you know how you get that perspective? By serving God, living for God, right straight through the darkness of the tunnel and coming out on the other side decades later. Psalm 40 verse 5 you have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, but there's still more than can be told. Or think of Joshua. Joshua was a 
servant assistant to Moses. He heard Moses' commands. He also heard God's promises. He and Caleb, along with ten others, went into Canaan land to spy out the land about two or three weeks after they got out of Egyptian bondage. And the majority brought back a negative report. Man, there's the walls are too high, the giants are too many. Um, and Joshua and Caleb said, no, God is with us. God will enable us. And they shut them down. And Joshua and Caleb were consigned to live in wandering and the wilderness with complaining people for the next 40 years. Don't you wonder if Joshua ever thought, how did I ever get into this? Joshua, however, then went into Canaan in the place of Moses and at the end of his life, he says this, Joshua 23, 14. Now I am about to go the way of all the earth at the end, this is the end of his life. And you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, that not one word has failed of all the good things the Lord your God promised. Not one thing. Everything he ever promised you, you've experienced it. And he says, and you have, this has come to pass for you. Not one of his promises has failed. Think of that. Now, Joshua says that at the end. Wait a minute, didn't he spend 40 years with, with unbelievers? Let me tell you something. Someone else's unbelief will not rob you of the promises of God and their fulfillment in your life. Someone else's unbelief. Your unbelief is what will rob you. Theirs will not. God will see to it that you and Caleb will make it in and experience everything God has for you, no matter who you're surrounded by. We need to quit blaming people for our predicament and trust God and then that way, at the end of life, we can look back and we can declare to others not one thing God promised, not one word He gave me ever failed. That's Joshua. Proverbs 30, verse 5, Every word of God proves true. Now, how can this happen to us? How do we arrive at an old age like this? And I think the keys here are in this passage. Purpose of old age. Number one, stay in church. <laughs> can I get an amen? Stay in church. Look at, at verse 13. They, that is these older people, they are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of God. They don't just visit on occasion. They stay. 
they are planted in the house of the Lord. If you will stay in church through thick and thin, and churches are like people because they're full of people, so they go through seasons. You have to love that church through thick and thin in all kinds of seasons, ups and downs, poverty and riches. A church will have all kinds of experiences and all kinds of people and different kinds of pastors. But you, if you'll stay planted in the house of the Lord, no matter what happens, you'll be like the redwood trees, you know, whose roots interlock underneath with each other. And I've heard this especially recently with the limits that we have on church attendance. And I, I know you have too. You, you Christians, you don't have to go to church to pray. You can worship anywhere. But we aren't talking about prayer. We're talking about gaining strength and insight so that we can testify and declare He is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in Him. See, we're not talking about somebody who's, who says, well, uh, in a very detached and disconnected way, you know, I can see how God would be your rock. No, we're talking about who's, one whose heart is overflowing with how good God and how great God is to them. He is my rock. There's no unrighteousness in him. They are planted in the house of the Lord. And I'll just add this one, one other point. The digital church, the live stream church, is not the biblical church. The TV church is not the body of Christ. They are helpful for those who are sick and shut in and cannot attend. They are helpful. But the body meets together. It gathers on Sunday morning. We'll address that more in coming weeks. But number one, stay in church. They are planted in the house of the Lord if you would have a testimony at the end of life. Number two, don't be afraid to say it. Don't be afraid to declare it. Look at verse 15. To declare that the Lord is upright. To talk about it. That He is my rock. Now, what fills your conversation today? Talk about the Lord is your rock. Let that be the overflow of your life. Because, see, we have a lot of experiences older people have lived through. I, I personally lived through the polio virus. A lot scarier. This was in the 50s. I have attended to close families, family member funerals, my own immediate family. I've known deep indebtedness. I've known bondage to sin and the liberation from it. 
I've seen at least four major wars. I can remember Dan Rather coming on and say, folks, we're bombing Baghdad. I've lived through three recessions. Hey, I've seen riots before too. Not on Miller Road, but I have seen them. I have had a 47-year marriage and raised four children and 14 grandchildren. I've owned a house and I've rented several. I've been sick and I've been healthy. But I do not say, you know, I have all these experiences. That is my rock. No, I don't say that. I don't say, look, I've got all this education. Education is not my rock. He is my rock. And there's no unrighteousness in him. Deuteronomy 32, verse 3, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. I will ascribe greatness to our God. He is a rock. His work is perfect. His ways are right. He's a God of faithfulness without iniquity. Just and upright is he. That was Moses at the end of his life. Stay in church. Don't be afraid to say it. Be bold about it. And then third, be thankful for the opportunity because we're talking about old age. No one knows what lurks within their bodies in this moment or what will transpire tomorrow. A young man I heard, we got prayer requests this week from Texas, uh, a sweet young Christian man with a great testimony, served God all his life. He was our youth director, so he's several years younger than me, but he was on a house on top of a roof and he fell off and he's now been in a coma for about two weeks week and a half and he's unresponsive we do not know from one day to the next if you get to old age it is a gift it is a blessing not everybody gets the gift the stewardship of old age and you can pray for it you can say God give me old age so I can declare you are my rock and there's no unrighteousness in you. Deuteronomy 32. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Proclaiming it. 1 Samuel 2. 1 Samuel 2 verse 1 and 2. Hannah the mother of Samuel said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in God's salvation. There is none holy like the Lord. There's none beside Him. 
There is no rock like our God. Be thankful. Pray for it. That you may have opportunity to say to the next generation, my God is a rock. There's no unrighteousness in him. All else is sinking sand, but my God is a rock. And on him you can build your life. And on him and the death of his son through the cross and resurrection, you can build your hope for eternity. Amen. And that's the purpose of old age. And that's what I got to say to you today. My God, at 69 years old, praise God, at 69, I want to say, my God is a rock. And I have never seen him do anything wrong. There's no unrighteousness in him. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we look to you today with joy and peace and confidence and hope and trust because we have found you are a rock and there's no unrighteousness in you. Thank you for the privilege and opportunity to declare it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.